ways, but challenging in some ways because usually what it ends up being is something that I know that I need to hear, uh, something that I'm struggling with in my own life. And so I just want you to take a few minutes right now to think about what you've been thinking about the last couple of days. What are the things that you have been thinking about the last couple of days? Is there worry? Is there anxiety? Are you got a big test coming up? I don't know. A big game. Something's not going right in a relationship. Um, maybe, it's, maybe it's worse than that. Maybe you're thinking, maybe you got some health problems. I don't know. Maybe you're looking at things you shouldn't be looking at on the internet. You're thinking about those things. Maybe you're walking through the calf and some girl's wearing something and you look at her and you're thinking things you shouldn't be thinking. Girls, I know you do it too. You look at some guy and you're thinking something you shouldn't be thinking. I'm not just going to call the guys out. We all struggle in different areas. What, what have you been thinking about? Not just in the last couple days, right? Not for the last year or the last month or whatever it might be. But uh, I think that's a challenge to, to really stop and, and say, what are the things that I have been thinking about? And are they, are they good things? Are they the right things? Are they things that are helping me be the person that God wants me to be? Are they things that are helping me be the person that, that I want to be? Or are they not? Maybe you just have a bunch of negative self-talk to yourself. Maybe not. Maybe you're good at it. Maybe you're telling yourself all kinds of good things. Maybe you're talking yourself up too much. I don't know. You know, we do that too, right? Um, but it's a challenge. It's a challenge for me, for sure. And so I'm assuming it's a, a challenge for you. I think it's a challenge for all of mankind. And, and so what I want to do is just look tonight briefly at one verse. It's in the end, near the end of Philippians. Uh, Paul has been writing his letter to the Philippians, and here he has this verse. He, he says finally many times in Philippians, but he actually finally means it this time. And he says, finally, brothers, in verse 8 of chapter 4, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things. He's saying this is what's really important. You got to think about these things. And this isn't some comprehensive list because he gives us six very specific things to think about. And then he says, just in case I forgot something, if there's anything of excellence, if there's anything that's worthy of praise, think about those things too. Right? So the things that went through your mind just a few minutes ago, were those things that were true? Were those things that were honorable? Were those things that were just and pure and lovely and commendable? Were those things of excellence that you've been thinking about the last couple of days? Were they things that were worthy of praise or were they things you're thinking, I'm glad he's not going to make me say this out loud. Truth. What is true? Paul says to think about whatever is true. And he's talking about the truth that is found in Jesus Christ. He's talking about being true in our speech. And he talks about whatever is honorable. He's talking about being honorable in our actions, doing things with, with reverence. Not only towards God, but also towards the law and those that have put in, been put in place above us. 
He says to think about whatever is just, the things that are righteous. And he's really talking about that in regard to, to other people, treating them the way, not the way they should be treated, right? The way they should be treated in terms of God's way, but not the way we think they should be treated. Because sometimes we think somebody deserves to be put down. We think somebody deserves to, to get what they have coming to them. But he's talking about a different way with integrity and, talk and treating them the way God would treat them. And then he talks about whatever is, is pure. And he's talking about what's pure in regards to ourselves, free from sin in thoughts and feelings, in our conversations, in our words, in our deeds. There's a lot that goes into that. Whatever's lovely and, and commendable, those things he's talking about, how other people kind of look at us. Are we doing things that are, are praiseworthy, not to, to get a pat on the back, but that, that show that God is working in our lives? And as I said before, anything, anything else that's excellent or praiseworthy, there's lots of, of good things that we could be thinking about, but a lot of times we don't think about those good things. And the truth is, you get to decide what you think about. You don't get to pick who your parents are, and you don't get to pick where you were born. You don't get to determine what the weather's going to be like. You don't get to determine what we're going to have in the calf tomorrow. But you do get to choose what you think about. Proverbs 4.23 says to be careful what you think because your thoughts run your life. And we tend to not think that. We think all this stuff just happens to us and then we kind of have to deal with the consequences of everybody else's actions. And sometimes that's true. But the reality is even in the worst situation, you get to choose how you think about that situation and how you're going to deal with it. And if you want to be happy, then you can choose to think about the right things. You can count your blessings. You can encourage other people. You can speak kindly to yourself. You can memorize Bible verses that would remind you to be filled with joy and to trust in God's faithfulness. But if you want to be miserable, then you can assume the worst and you can beat yourself up and you can, plain, can complain and, and talk about all of your regrets in life. The, the reality is that Satan knows that our, our challenges aren't the issue. We've all got challenges. But it's how we think about those challenges that really matters. In John 10, 10, it says that Satan comes like a thief. And his, his sole intention is to steal and to kill and to destroy. Satan wants to bring gloom and doom. And he works to convince us that there is no hope. That there's no light at the end of the tunnel. And Satan deals in exaggeration and overstatement, and he inflates the seriousness of things, and he fills our minds with irrational thoughts. Things like, nobody's ever going to love me. I'll never have any real friends. I'm destined to fail. I never get a break. I'll never lose the weight. I'll, I'll, I'll never get out of debt. There's no way I can get better grades. I, I'm never going to get an opportunity to show the coach, what I can really do. He never lets me. Or I always mess up when I get that opportunity to show what I can do. Those are just a bunch of lies. That's why Satan is called the father of lies, because he is the master of deceit. And he wants us to think that our fate is sealed, that our problems are unsolvable, that our life is forever messed up, 
and that we're unlovable and we're unredeemable. But he's not the master of your mind. And God is on your side, and he will help you if you choose to accept his help. Because God never calls us to do something without giving us the help we need to be able to do it. And so Paul tells us to think about things that are excellent, to think about things that are worthy of praise. There's, a, there's another translation that says we should fix our thoughts on these things. We, we need to make a conscious choice to think about the right things, to think logically, to not get caught up in hyperbole, to not think, oh my gosh, it's never going to be better than, it's never going to get better. It's going to always be this way. Those things aren't true. And so we have to choose how we're going to respond to difficult situations. And we can think about all the possible negative outcomes, and we can let fear and anxiety take over, or we can choose to trust God, and we can, can take control of our thoughts, and we can think about what we know to be true. Think about it this way. You went, you went to the doctor recently. Everything was just a normal checkup. And then you get a phone call from the doctor's office, and they say, hey, we were reviewing your tests, and we need you to make an appointment to come in and, and talk to the doctor about the results of your tests. You have a choice. You can be anxious about all the possible negatives and say, oh, why do these things always happen to me? Oh, things never turn out good when the doctor calls you and tells you to come in and, and have an appointment with him. My family's got this history of health problems, and, you know, it's probably cancer. Everybody gets cancer nowadays. It's probably cancer. I'm too young to have this happen to me. I'm going to die. And you can spiral out of control with all these negative thoughts. Or you can resist that urge to exaggerate and overstate and amplify your problems, and you can trust God, and you can focus on the facts. The facts are the doctor called. And the facts are he's going to either give you good news or bad news. But that's about all you know right then. That's the truth of the matter. Maybe he wants to invite you in and say, man, you're the most healthy person I've examined in the last year, and I want to put you on a poster in my office. Would you mind doing that? And I want to ask you questions about how you're so healthy. Right? We could exaggerate the other direction, but we don't tend to do that. All you can really do is pray and, and trust in God and have faith that it's going to work out. Or maybe this hits a little more home to you. You're shooting two free throws with no time on the clock and you're down by one point. Or you're taking a penalty kick to decide the outcome of the game. Or, or you're up to bat and the winning runs at third base. Or it's a game point and you've got to serve. And you haven't made a serve all night. Or the auditorium's packed and the play's about to start. You could focus on all the, the negative outcomes of that situation. What if I miss this shot? Or what if I miss the serve? Or, oh my gosh, what if I forget my lines? What if I strike out? I, I'm not good under pressure. My teammates or my fellow actors, they're going to be upset with me because I know I'm going to screw this up. I know I'm not going to succeed. Why, why do I always get stuck in these situations where everybody's counting on me? This never turns out for well for me. You start thinking about why are my hands so sweaty? 
why, why, is, why did it have to be raining today of all days? I'm going I'm to slip when I'm taking this shot. I'm going to look like a fool. Or maybe just imagine yourself failing and missing the shot, striking out, missing the serve, forgetting those lines that maybe you've been struggling with. Or you can focus on the reality of the situation and maybe things will go better. Because what happens is we tend to focus on the negative and it's kind of a little bit of a self-fulfilling prophecy. It happens. Our mind is, is very powerful. They've actually done studies and, and you can actually get just as much out of going through your shot in your mind or going through the, the thing that you want to be better at in your mind as you can by practicing it. There's actually a study I read about where they took some golfers and they, they split them into two groups and half of the golfers, all they did every day was go out and play a round of golf. The other half stayed at home and they visualized themselves playing a round of golf. They never actually went out and practiced. And at the end of a period of time of doing that, they went out and played again and all the people that visualized actually improved more than the people that actually went and played every single day just playing around the golf because they were able to hit perfect shots in their mind every single time. But what do we tend to do? We tend to think of ourselves missing the shot. We tend to think of the shot going off in the bunker. We tend to think of the bad things and so we're rehearsing the bad things in our mind and we're just getting better at doing it wrong. We got to think about the right things. We got to think about the good things. We got to think about the way we really want it to turn out. And I'm not just talking about positive thinking here. We just think everything's going to be good and it'll be good. That, that's, that's not reality. You've got to be intentional about it. That's why Paul gives us a list. Think about these things. He doesn't just say, hey, be positive and everything will turn out great. He says, think about these things. If we go back to that scenario, you could choose instead to see yourself succeeding. You could focus on the fact that your team has an opportunity to win this game. You could focus on the fact that, isn't that amazing? The auditorium's actually full. Right? Isn't that amazing? All these people came to watch the show. Right? You can think about the stress of the situation or you can think about the good things of the situation. You put in the time. You've practiced. You've rehearsed over and over. You're, you're ready for this moment. Your coach knows you're ready. Your director knows you're ready. Your team, your, your fellow actors, they have faith in you. A in reality, they're probably all going to be there for you whether you succeed or not but you're ready for this moment. A and you can limit the negative that's going into your mind so that you're thinking of the things that are praiseworthy and excellent, but that's up to you. We let so many negative things into our minds. And I'm not just talking about the outcome of a, a game or, or a play. There's a lot of other things. The things that we watch, the things that we listen to, the things that we read on social media, the things we just hear people talking about. There's so many things that we allow into our minds that don't conform to what Paul says we should be thinking about. And once those ideas and those thoughts and those words and those ways of thinking about other people get into our minds, they influence the way we think. And unfortunately, they usually influence us in a negative way. And that comes out in our thinking about ourselves. And it comes out in our thinking about other people. Right? First impressions, we talk about that. First impressions make a big deal. Y you meet somebody and you have a first thought about them, it's hard to get that thought out of your mind. Or somebody tells you, hey, you know what? This person is kind of 
this way. So you immediately, the, you immediately like, oh yeah, they are that way. Why do you think that? Because somebody already told you to think that. Somebody already put that thought in your mind. And it affects how we interact with them. And, and it affects our own lives. And that's why Paul tells us to think about whatever is true and whatever is honorable and whatever is just and pure and lovely, whatever is commendable and excellent, think about those things. Things that are worthy of praise. Because we have the power to govern our thoughts. And so therefore, we're responsible for those thoughts. Well, it's not my fault that, uh, you know, that person said that or I, I watched that on TV. That is your fault. You choose to be in those situations. You choose to watch those things. Now, I'm not very good about that. My wife, she's much better. We're watching a movie with our family, and she's got like a three-strike rule, and three things happen she doesn't like in the movie or three words are said she doesn't like, and we turn the movie off. And sometimes we're 30, 40 minutes into the movie. It's like, whoa, wait, we want to know what happens. She's like, sorry, we're turning it off. You know, I, I think that's good. You got to have a standard. It's hard sometimes. Sometimes the kids go to bed, and then I watch the rest of the movie and find out what happens, <laughs> right? <laughs> Usually it's a movie that we already watched, and I didn't realize it was as bad as it was. You know, I watched it back when I was their age, and I think, oh, they can watch it now. And, oh, golly, I didn't realize they said that. Oh, man, they said it again. Oh, oh no. And you can tell the kids are just thinking, like, it's coming. Mom's turning it off. It's happening. We've already had two in the first ten minutes. It's, it's not looking good. You know, but you got to think about that. You have the responsibility for what goes into your mind. And if our thoughts are well-ordered, if we're thinking about the right things, if we're thinking about the things that God tells us to think about, our life's going to go way better. Our relationships are going to go way better. We have to give these things our attention, the things that are true and honorable and just and pure and lovely and commendable and excellent and worthy of praise. And we have to study those things and we have to, to practice them and we have to think about what they are and we th have to think about how can I put that into practice in my life. And we have to think about the influence that they would have on our life and on the world around us because if we don't, it's not going to happen by chance. The world is not going to randomly say, here's a bunch of wonderful, true, honorable things to think about. You might get a little nugget every now and then, but the majority of it is not those things. It's untrue, and it's not honorable to other people, and it's, and it's impure, and it's unlovely, and it's not something that we should be talking about. It's not something that we should be telling other people about. But we have to think about these things. We have to make a conscious choice to meditate on them to turn them over in our mind and seriously consider them so that we can put them into practice in our lives. Whatever is true and honorable and just and pure and lovely, commendable, if anything is excellent, if anything is worthy of praise, think about these things. And so to finish up here, I want to challenge you to think differently, at least from now until Easter break. Just try it for that long. I don't know how long that is. I didn't count the days or anything. Uh, and I'd love you to do all the things I'm going to say, but it's, it's a pretty good-sized list here. So just pick one or two. <laughs> just pick one or two to do and, and see how it affects your life. See how it affects your thinking. But here's some things that you could do to think about the things that Paul is saying, to, to make sure that your thoughts are in the right direction. Some of these are going to be tough for a lot of you. Choose to not swear. 
I'm not going to list the words. You know what they are. If you're not sure, you can come up and ask me later. And I'll tell you what words you shouldn't be saying. Um, you probably, some of you might know if you say them around me, I'll, I'll probably call you out on it. Right? Choose not to swear. Choose not to to allow other people to swear around you. That would be weird. Hey, I, 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 don't, I don't want you to talk like that around me. I'll give you a quick story. I'm not going to give you a story on every one or we'd be here all night. Quick story on this one. When I was in college, I was an RA my senior year. All the guys on the floor, this is like the original Nintendo. Um, they would like to come over to my room and we'd play video games or whatever, watch movies, that kind of stuff. And those are a couple guys that use language like that, use words that I didn't appreciate. I kind of got comfortable with it. I found myself starting to use those words because I'd let them enter my mind and enter my presence. And so I had to say, hey, this is not acceptable anymore. And I actually fined them for, for swearing when they were in my room. And then uh, they, would, they would come back and we'd be playing a tournament or something on one of the games. And John, we want to play. I was like, nope, you owe like $1.50. Or you owe $2.12. <laughs> or what, I don't remember what the fines were. but uh, And they would pay their fines and they would come in. And uh, it got to be kind of the... the they got used to that, and pretty soon that was a, a no-cussing zone, and they got comfortable with that because they knew that they were going to be penalized for it. And uh, it helped me, and all of a sudden, my language was better. you got to think about these things. I realized and I thought about, this is affecting me. I can't just let these guys come in here and talk however they want because I don't want to talk like that. Here's another one. Choose not to use the Lord's name in vain. Only use Jesus and God reverently in prayer or worship. Choose to not listen to music that has cuss words or uses the Lord's name in vain. <laughs> yeah, I've, I've walked by the weight room, I know. <laughs> Choose to not watch movies that use words or the Lord's name in vain. I'm just saying, think about these things. Try to choose to use only positive words to describe people and things. If you think about this, this is a weird one. We use a lot of words that are actually negative words, but we've tried to switch them into a positive meaning. And I don't know what they are in this day and age. I'm not that in touch, sorry. But things like, that's sick. What's, why does sick mean good? Sick is not a good word. Wick, that's wicked. Wicked is not really a good word. That's bad. That's more like a Northeastern thing. I know that. But uh, I'm sure there's others, like I said. But, you know, try to only speak positive words, words that actually have a positive meaning, not a, a contorted positive meaning. We've, that we've given them. Here's another tricky one for some of us. Choose not to use sexual innuendo or make sexual jokes. Choose not to gossip. Choose not to criticize people unless it's truly constructive and you have the other person's best interest in mind. Right? Think about the things that you say. Here's, here's, here's some things you could change in your language specifically. You could replace the word worry with focus. Instead of saying, I'm not going to worry about that. I'm, I'm too worried about this. You can say, I'm not going to focus on that. I'm going to focus on this. All you do is change that one word, and it changes your whole perspective. Or replace the word problem with the word challenge. I've got all these problems, and I've got all these challenges. It automatically makes you think, oh, man, I want to overcome those challenges. That's the way our mind thinks. Replace the words, I should have, or I must do this, or I need to do this, or I ought to do this with, I want to do this, I choose to do this. Or replace, I'll try with, I'm going to. 
I will. As Yoda said, do or do not. There is no try. Do or do not, right? I can't do his voice. Dang it. I can do a lot of accents. Not that one very good. Um, replace the word always with often or usually in rare or rarely. This always happens to me. Really? Every single time? Every single time? How about this often happens? Or that never happens? Really, it never happens? Maybe it rarely happens. Or replace the words everyone or no one with most people or few people. Everyone was laughing at me. Was, was every, everyone laughing at you? Maybe most of the people were laughing at you, but maybe not everyone. Or replace the word sucks and awful and terrible with, instead of saying this sucks, say this is inconvenient. This is frustrating. This is really undesirable right now. <laughs> right? I mean, the reality is you can choose the words. And maybe everybody makes fun of you for a little while, but maybe all of a sudden they say, hey, I'm going to start talking like that too. And the reality is if we change the way we talk, it'll change the way we think. And if we change the way we think, it's going to change who we are. And we all have areas to grow. We all have areas where we can, can do better. And so I just want to encourage you with that. I want you to, to think about whatever is true. Whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there's anything of excellence or anything worthy of praise, think about those things. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for uh, your love. I thank you, God, for this word from Paul that can uh, both challenge us and encourage us. I pray, God, that you'd be with the students as the, the semester continues and just that they would, hopefully someone here tonight would really take this seriously to, to think about the way they're, they're talking, to think about the things that they're putting into their mind and how it's affecting who they are and who they want to become. Because I know, God, if all of us in here took this seriously, it would change, not just Sterling College. It would, it would change this, the community. It would change the communities where we're from. And we, we think it's not a big deal, and we think it's a, a small thing, but it is an extremely important thing. So God, help us as we struggle to think about the right things. Help us to think about the things that Paul mentions here in Philippians. I pray that you bless each person here. I thank you, God, for the opportunity to speak, and I pray that it has been a blessing to someone tonight.